What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. And if you're joining on YouTube, my setting probably looks a little bit different than normal. So on the road this week, got the road. He's on location. <laughs> I'm, I'm on location. I'm in Big 12 country right now. So in Kansas City, home of the <laughs> hook em horns, uh, home of the Big 12 basketball tournament the National Basketball Hall of Fame, you know, Kansas University is not far. So, you know, big Jayhawks guy. Um, yeah, maybe Lance Leopold be walking around somewhere, you know. Maybe. You get never some barbecue know. with him. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Some, some burnt ends. So we, yeah. we can do it all. But tonight, not about the Big 12. We're talking Big 10 West. We took a one-week break from our uh, conference picks and previews. We're back with the Big Ten West, and this is a big one. I think this has been one of the more competitive divisions in football, along with the ACC Coastal, one of my favorite divisions in football, and one of my favorite conferences in football. So, damn, I'm excited to dive in and talk through these Big Ten West teams. I like it because we really get to discern who is going to be the sacrificial lamb offered at to Ohio State in Indianapolis. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You're exactly right, because we <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's like Alabama and the SEC. It's who's going to go be sacrificed to uh, to the Crimson Tide. Maybe. Yep. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we might be picking Ole Miss to win the West. You never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, or Texas hey, A&M. Just kidding. Or Mississippi. Just kidding. Um, Wisconsin. We're going to start at the top of the Big Ten West, and it starts with Wisconsin. Now, to the casual fan, you might think, well, yeah, this is a division Wisconsin wins every year. But the team that's won two out of the last three, the Northwestern Wildcats. Wisconsin would like to get back to their ways of winning the Big Ten West year in and year out after a hot start last year. Uh, COVID kind of wrecked their season a little bit. But Wisconsin's hoping to jump back in with the year two quarterback. I mean, I'm not even going to say his name. I'm going to save it for you. Ask your boy. Yeah, he's a year two quarterback, but it's his third year in the system. That's Graham Mertz. Uh, definitely looking forward to what he can provide um, and potentially changing what this offense is all about. So um, <clears throat> weird year last year for everybody, but especially Big Ten. And, uh, you know, if you could slice it up, I mean, Wisconsin had one of the weirder years with <clears throat> just all of their COVID situations, um, missing games, postponing games. Uh, rescheduling and um, like just overall missing players uh, going into COVID protocol. Obviously big 10 was one of the toughest um, with their protocols. I think it was 21 days rather than the standard 14 days that everybody else had. So they wanted to have an abundance of caution. Well, that left the Badgers, um, you know, reeling a little bit, a four and three year, definitely, not what we've come to expect, but then again, we haven't really expected seven games to be played in a season in a long time. So um, the team looks pretty pretty solid, seven returning on offense as starters, eight defensively. Um, that defense was really strong last year. Uh, we only got limited sample size, obviously, but I really feel strongly that they returning this year, um, the eight players that are coming back, that's going to be kind of the difference. Yes, we mentioned Graham Mertz on offense at quarterback. Um, you know, alongside him, you've got three out of five offensive linemen coming back. The leading rusher in Jalen Berger, uh, five yards of carry last year. 
But, you know, something we don't really talk about a whole lot with Wisconsin is recruiting. And this was their highest rated recruiting class, I think, ever. ever. Um, yeah. So it was number 16, which, you know, a lot of people turn their nose up at that. But really for a team like this that just has such a good process and such a good development, I mean, the better the players that you can bring in, I mean, it really can move them kind of up the chain pretty quickly. Um, obviously, they're still not even within shouting distance of an Ohio State as far as territory. But, you know, as far as their peers in the in the uh, Big Ten West, um, that kind of puts them up there. And, you know, for, for a team that we expect to be the class of the division, that's always big. So, yeah, Graham Mertz um, – starting quarterback um, Kendrick Pryor and Shamiri Dyke uh, at receiver. They definitely expect big things from them. Uh, Jake Ferguson, the tight end returning, he's returning for his senior year. Um, he was the leading uh, receiver last year, uh, both yards and catches so and touchdowns. So he's the guy to watch out for. I think he's going to have a big impact um, uh, on along the um, linebacking core. Leo Chanel, he's actually returning um, second leading tackler and leading sack guy returning. So um, definitely expect, you know, he's only, his short season last year, he had three sacks. So from an inside linebacker position, that's, you know, pretty stout. So definitely want to see what he can do in this, in this, uh, you know, more normal year. Wisconsin has won the Big Ten West four out of the last seven seasons, so I didn't give enough credit with, <laughs> you know, I had to lead with the Northwestern two out of the last three, but Wisconsin has won the Big Ten West four out of the last seven seasons, and but they haven't won the conference since 2012, so it's been a while. They're hungry for it. You and I both agree that we think they've got the quarterback to do it. The quarterback's become – it's always been the most position in football, but it's become exponentially the most important position in football uh, as of recent – Wisconsin, we're going to know a lot about the rest of their season in the first month of the season. In their first four games, they play Penn State at home, Eastern Michigan, they play Notre Dame in Chicago, and they play Michigan at home. Now, it's a tough, you know, three out of the first four games, very, very tough, but you get three of the first four games at home, and then Notre Dame's a neutral site. So none of those games you have to play on the road. But that, that's, a, you know, that's a first month where I could see them going one and three, I could also see them going 4-0. Uh, right now, Wisconsin's win total is set at 9.5, and, and we're going just above that Vegas win total at 10. So we got Wisconsin going 10-2. and two. We actually have them starting that season 3-1 and one in those first four games, which I think is a, a great way to start the season to go 3-1 in those games. Uh, they get a bye before Notre Dame. So we have Wisconsin winning that game and going on to win the Big Ten West. And we'll see if they have – like you said, they're playing, you know, we got to play in Ohio State. So can they get over the hump and beat Ohio State and win the conference for the first time since 2012? Two years ago, they were close. They, they were up at halftime against Ohio State. Ohio State came out and just beat them down the second half. Uh, I, I wonder, and like you mentioned, you know, previously with their recruiting ceiling, they were hitting their head on the ceiling. But this is a team that, you know, they just had their best class ever. If they can recruit right at that 15 to 20 range, this is one of those teams that could really capitalize on an expanded college football playoff and set themselves up for long-term success there, which will only help their recruiting. Uh, but for this season, 
Wisconsin, 10 and 2, Big Ten of West champs. We'll see in a few weeks if we're going to pick them to beat Ohio State. Let's move on to second in the division, which we have as the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa, you could argue, has been the most consistent team in the Big Ten West over the last decade. They're always sitting right there between eight and ten wins. And they've just been a super good football team under Kurt Ferentz. Now, some off-the-field stuff happening the past couple off-seasons that they've had to deal with. Uh, it, it looks like Ferentz has come out looking really good and that the culture's still there, gotten rid of the people he needs to get rid of. But Iowa, you know, they want to get back to the Big Ten Championship. They have Big Ten, champ- they have Big Ten West uh, Championship hopes. How are we looking at the Hawkeyes? Yeah, so this is a team that, um, you know, they returned just a little bit on offense. They got five returning starters on offense. They've got um, seven on defense, but that defense really returns a lot of role players um, that played a lot last year. And um, that was a team that, you know, if I'm not mistaken, did they finish the year as S&P or they're, they're coming into this year, their SP plus uh, number one team defensively. So that's something that we definitely take stock in. Um, they had a good year last year defensively. We expect that to take a step forward. Uh, that's really where they're going to be carried this year. They do return Tyler Goodson at quarterback um, coming back this year. Um, I think that he's going to be, or excuse me, um, Spencer Petrus at quarterback coming back this year. Tyler Goodson's a running back. Um, get thrown off on these magazines when there's actually a fullback listed in the starting lineup. Wisconsin and Iowa, the only two that I've actually seen that are listed that way. Um, you know, shout out to old school football. I appreciate it. But Tyler Goodson coming the back as the lead, right? As the lead running back. So only, you know, eight games last year, he had 762 yards rushing. yards carry, seven touchdowns. So definitely a great year last year from Goodson. Uh, Petros had a solid season at quarterback. Definitely need to take a step forward. Um, But he's the kind of quarterback that you can win with with this defense. So when you've got this defense, if you've got a guy who's just going to run the offense and, you know, not turn turn the ball over a whole lot, that's something that he can do. Now, I guess I'm – saying that he had five interceptions last year in eight games. But, um, you know, if he takes a step forward this year and really can improve in that area, I definitely expect him to um, really show us something. Uh, you know, they only have two returning offensive line starters. Um, and then as far as receiving targets, Sam Laporta at tight end, he's their their leading pass catcher coming back. Uh, definitely want to see him take a step forward and see if that's something that um, can manifest itself over the course of a season. You know, Iowa has been known for their tight ends. So he's, he's definitely, you know, got some big shoes to fill as far as, um, you know, potentially getting drafted this year. So he needs to have a big season. Iowa. So their win total set at eight and a half. We are just going to go just under that at eight and four for Iowa, which seems pretty on brand for Iowa, right? Like when you think Iowa, you think eight and four. Um, now this is a team that last won the big 10 West in 2015 and they haven't broken through since then, but over the last six seasons, 
they are tied for the third most wins in the Big Ten, uh, tied with Penn State over just total wins over the last six seasons. So, again, a program that's been super consistent and a super consistently really good Big Ten West team. Uh, this season's really going to depend on two things for me, quarterback play. Uh, you know, I, I was reading an article on their 24-7 site, and a lot of those people just feel like quarterback will decide whether Iowa goes 10-2 and two or like 6-6. Six and six. <laughs> So if quarterback plays really good and he stays healthy all season, this is a team that can go 10-2. and two. Uh, If it's not good consistently or he gets injured, like it could go off the rails a little bit. So we're going to split the difference and go eight and four and play it safe. Uh, similar to Wisconsin, they have a couple tough opening games. So they open up with Indiana at home. Then they have probably the biggest Seahawks game of all time. And that, and that I don't say that lightly because yeah, Iowa State's never been as good as they are. Iowa's been a really good, consistently good brand for a long time. But Iowa right. State's never been on this level. And so – and, and Iowa State, Matt, that's the last thing Matt Campbell really hasn't done that I think they're capable of is beating Iowa. And so this is like Iowa State trying to get over the hump, and Iowa has the opportunity to put them right back in their place <laughs> with this game. But we are picking the Cyclones to win that game. Now, we mentioned that on the on the Big 12 pod. But, hey, I'm pumped for the biggest Cyhawk game of all time. Last time they played, which is two years ago, Jacob, that was uh... – I think we had the lightning delay. So yeah. they started the game, had a lightning delay, started to play again. And I think had another lightning delay. And that game was like a two o'clock kick. And I think it ended at like eight 30 at night or nine o'clock. It was like weird. So um, I think Iowa, I mean, Iowa did win because, you know, Iowa state under Matt Campbell still has not beaten Iowa. Um, like you said, um, I believe it was like 16 to 12 or something stupid like that. It was a crazy score. So definitely want to see if Iowa can muddy up the waters again for Iowa state, or if it's going to be, you know, Iowa state's here to break through. That'll be fun to watch, but obviously we have, we have Iowa state taking that one. So um, before we go any further, I want to tell you guys where to find us on social media. Um, This is going to be the best way to, to interact with the show. Um, help make the show your own, um, hit, let your voice be heard, but definitely want to get you following us on all platforms. So at the extra point pod on both Instagram and Facebook, um, go to the link tree there and you can find us on YouTube. Um, when you get there, you know, like, and subscribe us. Um, you can go through and hit the notifications bar. You'll get all the content shot right to you. Um, and then, you know, when you get there, you know, go to Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star review. That helps us to get recommended. And comment. We love interactions on the videos um, on YouTube. Comment. Tell us what we know. Tell us what we don't know. If you're a diehard fan and you feel like we're just reading, you know, the cliff notes and you need to let us know what's really going on, please do. You know, um, if there's something we're missing or if we said something incorrectly, get on us. Or if you really like content, tell us that. But we're good with anything. We just want you to let us know how we're doing. Or if we made a pick that you just don't like, like Texas going 10 and 2, feel free to let us know. We, you know, we, we, we take it to heart. Uh, all the comments that were made about that. Um, anyway, moving on uh, with 
hey, the two out of the last three years, the defending Big Ten West champion, Northwestern Wildcats. And this is a team that, again, that outside of that 3-9 and nine season, like that was, that was the anomaly, was that season. And Pat Fitzgerald has shown that he's one of the best coaches in the country with this program. And so this is a team that we're going to continue to believe in. What are your thoughts on the Wildcats? Yeah, they so you really had to reel me in when we were first picking a lot of their games. I was like, no, I don't think and I don't think they're going to be good. But, you know, it's one of these things where there was that one bad year um, and every other year, Pat Pat Fitzgerald really has this team ready to play. He is one of the better coaches out there. He's been looked at for bigger, you know, uh, bigger jobs and he's turned them down because, you know, he's alumni um, uh, of Northwestern. So, you know, they're always just under him. They're a tough, hard-nosed team, especially defensively, that defensive, uh, especially defensive back. It seems like they keep putting guys in the NFL or having guys, you know, at top of, you know, top of the conference and, and things like that, all Americans. Um, so Hunter Johnson last year came in and was, or a couple years ago was a five-star and, um, that, that was all well and good. Last year, Peyton Ramsey comes in as the transfer from Indiana at quarterback, and he played well. Um, he kind of showed, you know, what this team can be with competent quarterback play. Uh, I don't know if that's what they're about to get in Ryan Helinski, but he's transferring in from South Carolina. Um, he was highly touted as a recruit. He had some good flashes at South Carolina, could never really put it all together because of injuries and coaching changes this is really a move for him uh, to really get into a, you know, a better situation for himself. Um, Hunter Johnson's still on the team. He's a senior, he's the backup, but it looks like this is going to be Ryan Helinski's team. Um, that's why he's transferring in. He was a former four star. So still a pretty high, high profile QB. Um, so interested to see kind of how that dynamic goes um, offensively. They're only returning three starters defensively. They're returning four starters, um, one guy who's not counted on as a starter is running back Cam Porter, but he is the leading returning rusher, and he led the team in rushing last year, um, had five touchdowns, over 300 yards, and again, it was that shortened season, only seven games. So uh, definitely want to see if if he can take a step forward and really you know take more of this offense on his shoulders with a new quarterback coming in. But honestly, I'm I, a lot of what we're – we're basing our picks on is the coaching staff and is their, their proven record of being able to develop talent and to replace guys who've gone pro. And, you know, that's definitely what they're going to have to do. This is one of the biggest gaps in win total and what we've picked of any of our picks. I understand it. So the win total is a six and a half and that I totally get. We're buying, we're, we're buying a little bit of Northwestern stock here. So we'll write this one down. This will be one of the ones where we'll, we'll, we will come back and hold ourselves accountable, good or bad. We will either brag about it or tell you how wrong we were about it at the end of the season. But right. we are picking Northwestern to go 9-3. and three. Now, here's my first red flag with picking Northwestern to go 9-3. and three. Out of 127 teams, Northwestern ranks 126th in returning production. So this is one of the youngest Northwestern teams. 
uh, they've had. But if you talk to people around the program, they also believe it might be the most talented team they've had, even though they're young. So typically a team like Northwestern gets really good when they've like gotten in a bunch of, a bunch of three-star guys and developed them. And then by the time they're juniors and seniors, they're pretty good, but they think this is one of the most talented teams they've had. And it sets up well for them because of the schedule, the schedule starts very easy and gets more difficult as the season goes on. And so if they can get some momentum, get these young guys some reps, which is what we're buying into, then, you know, you can get, you can have some momentum going into the second half of the season as the schedule gets more difficult. So, and out of the East, they draw Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan State. And so you only draw, you know, one of the big boys out of the East. Um, and, again, you, you know, the toughest games, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, um, Michigan, they all come after the bye in the second half of the season. So we're picking Northwestern to go nine and three. Uh, Ryan Helensky, I've seen him play in person. Kids got, kids got an arm, and so in the right system, I think he can be really, really good. Like you said, he's transferring to be the starter. Um, he will be the difference in a team like Northwestern being a five hundred team, and a team going nine and three. So we're buying a little bit of Helensky stock, Helensky stock as well, and picking Northwestern to go nine and three. I was going to say another guy I feel like we at least have to mention and Brandon Joseph, the safety, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, we really have to highlight because it seems like Northwestern keeps putting these guys in the NFL um, cornerbacks usually specifically, but Brandon Joseph here, um, he's a sophomore, but he had six interceptions last year in that short season. Um, six interceptions is amazing for a full season. Um, so the fact that they played what eight games last year and he had six picks, that's definitely something to keep in mind. He seems like a ball hawk, definitely someone who's probably going to be projected in some of the earlier rounds in the NFL draft when his time comes. Um, so keep an eye out for him. He is one of those few returning starters and their leading interceptions guy. Now a team that people are pretty polarized about. And that is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So fourth in the division, we are picking Nebraska. This is this kind of this kind of shocked me a little bit. This is year four of Scott Frost. We are four years removed from the UCF national title season, um, and you know Frost was hired. And looking back on it, everyone called this a home run hire. There was no one who thought this is a bad hire, including us. We were like. He was the hottest coach, alma maters, Nebraska. For him to come home was incredible. We're now into year four. I remember that first season, people picked him to win the Big Ten West <laughs> in his first year. And ever since then, it went off the rails, and it hasn't gotten back. So it's year four. It's time to see some results. Will Scott Frost be let go at the end of the season? I don't know. I think a better question – Will he be on the hot seat at the end of this season? What are our thoughts on Nebraska? Yeah, so Nebraska is one of these teams where we were definitely, like you said, Jacob, it seemed like a home run hire when they made the hire. Okay, it just seemed like things were clicking. He was going to get everything back on track. And then 
it was like all of a sudden after year one, when they showed no evidence of being turned around, everybody jumped on the bandwagon saying that they were going to turn it around. You and I wanted to pump the brakes. And so I feel like in a way you and I have been, well, we've been correct. Correct. First of all, not that we're wishing despair on any um, specific team um, or anything like that, but it just has seemed, I almost feel like I've been overly negative with them because I just, it's almost like I'm like ready for them to just show me, prove it to me before I will, you know, put my name on the line saying that I think they're going to be great. Um, It's a mixed bag. It's tough. I think Scott Frost is a competent coach. I think there's, a moment where he may have bitten off more than he could chew right away. I think that he um, was one of those guys that, you know, coming back to your alma mater, you want to do it justice. You want to do it right. And um, I think to a certain extent, you expect things to happen a certain way. And if it just doesn't happen, it might not, I don't know. I think that he, his expectations were kind of jaded when he came in. So I think that this is something where um, he's got to get this thing turned around. So, we got three returning starters on offense. I would actually say that it's supposed to be four because Adrian Martinez, for some reason, is not listed as a returning starter. Um, I think because Luke McCaffrey split time with him. But Adrian Martinez at quarterback coming back for another year was also not only their leading passer last year, was their leading rusher, had 521 yards rushing in those eight games that they played. Uh, seven rushing touchdowns. He had four passing touchdowns. So um, he's, he's, I mean, this really comes down to if he has a good season, we expect him to kind of lead the charge for them. They've got some pretty high profile transfers. I say high profile. It's mostly because they're coming from big teams. So Tyreek Johnson coming as a cornerback, a former four-star cornerback coming from Ohio state transferring in, to Nebraska, uh, Marquis Stepp, a former four-star running back coming from USC, transferring into Nebraska, as well as Oliver Martin, a former four-star wide receiver from Iowa, transferring in. So that's some talent to really come in. Obviously, this last recruiting class that they had was ranked number 20 in the nation. So, you know, solid, especially for the Big Ten West. Definitely going to be able to compete with this. Um, top player is uh, Thomas Fedone, the tight end. So um, we'll see what this translates to defensively. They do return nine starters on defense and we do expect them to be pretty strong on that side of the ball. Um, it's just going to be, can they put it all together and with their schedule, you know, can they manage it? Because that's kind of where they're going to get nipped because of what they draw from the East. So we'll have to see if they can manage their schedule, make it to a bowl game and really start to turn this thing around. Scott Frost made like some pretty big coaching changes his first three years. And each one had a noticeable impact. This past off season, he made no coaching changes, which it's like we talked about with Ohio state it tells me that you believe in the changes you've made. They believe their roster's in the best spot it's been in since he got there. This is the year to show that you've turned the corner. And, and here's what's tough about Nebraska. Their win total set at six, and uh, we think they will turn a corner. But like you said, the problem is 
the schedule is not going to allow for the, you know, the results in the win-loss column. Um, outside of the Big Ten West, they draw Ohio State, Michigan, and Oklahoma. So, I mean, I mean two of the top four or five teams, three teams potentially in the country. Right. And also Michigan. <laughs> outside of your normal Big Ten West schedule. So that's tough. Like, it's just – it's a team that, you know, you're, you're sitting here saying they could go eight and four and you throw on Ohio State and Oklahoma out of the schedule. So right. we're picking Nebraska to go six and six. But I, we think this team's going to look noticeably different um, in, in year four of Scott Frost, which if I'm Nebraska, give him some time because, again, this schedule is tough. You're not going to compete with Oklahoma this year. You're not going to p- compete with Ohio State this year. That doesn't mean it's time to let him go. So let him buy some time. But, hey, what if they beat one of those teams? What if they beat Michigan? Like, what if they – I mean, Ohio State's playing out Nebraska this year. I, I'm not sniffing an upset there. But what if? Like, it could happen. But <laughs> – you're starting to sound like JP from Angels in the Outfield. That's right. It could happen. <laughs> All hey, right. Roger. <laughs> Nebraska. After Nebraska, we've got the Minnesota Golden Gophers. And or as Mi- Joe Biden calls them, Minnesota. <laughs> That's right. You got to scream it. <laughs> um, Minnesota, a team coming off of a very weird – 2020 season again one of those teams that COVID affected a ton their win total is set at seven I said last year PJ Fleck was going to be a great head coach at Auburn you know to be fair if they had had a good season it could have happened he might have even interviewed for the job but here he is at Minnesota again what's our expectation for the Gophers yeah man we especially going into last year we were really high on what they did the year before um, with just how strong they had um, that 2019 season coming into 2020. We were really high on them, really low on Michigan. And I remember that game and we were just like, what are we missing? Because this is a slam dunk pick, pick, you know, Minnesota. And I just remember feeling so dumb after that game because Michigan blew the doors off. So um Definitely a humbling experience. This is a team that um, I do think overall is a solid program. Uh, PJ Fleck, you know, is a good coach. Um, you start adding some of these things together, you would expect them to just have a good year. Um, they're gonna they're gonna have to kind of manage themselves going through. Not gonna have any favors in that first game, but uh, nine returning starters on offense. Tanner Morgan back at quarterback, um, not that great of a year last year after having really stellar year the year before. So really want to see if 2019 was the real Tanner Morgan or if 2020, the inconsistency that we saw is going to continue. Um, Muhammad Ibrahim um, had a great year last year. I mean, over a thousand yards rushing, five, you know, over five yards of carry, 15 touchdowns, though, in that shortened season. Um, so just a seven-game season. I mean, he was extremely productive. Um, he's back for his junior campaign, so want to see what he's able to do um, in that backfield. Um, just returning, you know, four out of five 
starters on the offensive line, very important. Defensively, they've got six starters back. Um, uh, Boye Mayfi, uh, four and a half sacks returning um, as a um, linebacker uh, defensive end. Um, so he's a guy that I, I'm kind of like looking at. Um, and then their top two returning tacklers are back from uh, from last year as well. So definitely want to see if they can take a step forward um, as a program, maybe raise the floor. Because um, last year was definitely uninspiring after, you know, the year they had in 2019. Tanner Morgan has looked completely different after losing two guys who are going to be catching passes on Sundays. <laughs> uh, I feel like we, we've seen this before. We talk about it. It's the most recent thing is the Jake Fromm effect, right? You lose all your receivers and then we see who you really are. <laughs> right. Um, but defensively, Minnesota season is going to be, you know, really two hinges it's going to swing on is quarterback play and run defense, which was abysmal last year. And overall defensively, you cannot give up 6.9 yards per play and expect to have a good defense. So Minnesota's run offense, one of the nation's best, but they got to clean stuff up on defense if they want to sniff the Big Ten West. So if they can get inside five and a half yards per play, decrease that by a yard this season, that would be super impressive on defense. Uh, schedule, you open up with Ohio State. We've said Ohio State's going undefeated, so tough. <laughs> right. Um, other teams out of the East that they get, they get Indiana, and they also get Maryland. So two teams that, again, we're pretty high on going into. Yeah, those are tough teams. But we're picking Minnesota to go seven and five, four and five in the division. To you know, same record in the division as Nebraska. We had Nebraska winning that head-to-head matchup. So seven and five for Minnesota. I think this is about where you know PJ Fleck has raised the floor with Minnesota, which is super important. I think this is where they're going to sit from now on, seven and five to eight and four. And if I'm a Minnesota fan, that's awesome. So I, that's that's great for Minnesota to raise the floor and be competing for that, you know, like like the top three spot in the Big Ten West. Yeah. I feel like you can't ask for much more for Minnesota. I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> Let's move on to a sixth team in the division, the Purdue Boilermakers. So this is Jeff Brom's fifth year at Purdue. And, you know, a couple seasons ago, I guess, gosh, it's been a few years now, they beat Ohio State. Everyone's high on them, and they've been not good since. Over under set at five wins. How are we feeling about Purdue? Yeah, it's tough uh, losing Rondale Moore. Um, you know, obviously he didn't. He didn't play a ton last year, but it just wasn't, uh, you know, him getting drafted, leaving, um, losing him. But David Bell really was a solid wide receiver for them down the stretch last year. Eight touchdowns, over 600 yards in that short season. Um, I know I feel like I keep having to remind everybody it's a short season in the Big Ten, but it was an even shorter season than everybody else, you know. Um, I guess when we get to the Pac-12, it'll be really short. Um, but yeah, two and four. So, in all, you know, they only had six games last year. So 625 yards. I mean, he had a hundred yards in every game. So that's significant. I do think he's um, a big time playmaker. Um, I think that uh, Xander Horvath in the backfield 
you know, he's one of their, their top three returning uh, receivers. He's a senior at running back. Um, and then he had, you know, 400 rushing yards himself. So definitely kind of that, you know, um, dual threat out of the backfield. Uh, Jack Plummer looks like he's the returning starter at quarterback. Um, that's what we expect. But him and Aiden O'Connell split time last year, and they're both back. So, you know, we'll see if they continue to run, a you know, between the two of them. Um, it is nice to know that if one gets hurt, you've got the other one. They both have experience. But, um, you know, you'd like to have the guy. So we'll see if they have that in Jack Plummer. Um, Milton Wright, I do expect to have a good season. Um, as a receiver, a returning receiver. He's a junior this year. They have seven returning on offense, seven on defense. Um, that defense, you know, could take a step forward. Um, they weren't weren't very good last year, uh, but, you know, they, they returned their second leading tackler in Jalen Alexander and um, their top sack guy, which he had two sacks, George uh, Kalarfitz. So, you know do what you need to do, but we don't expect a whole lot from Purdue this year. Purdue, Purdue's defensive and offensive styles uh, are similar in that they live and die with big plays. So uh, on offense, they're either hitting an explosive play or they're getting nothing. And a lot of that is due to lack of experience in the line of scrimmage, which when you're playing the Big Ten West against teams like Wisconsin and Iowa – and then if you, if you look at their schedule, they got Ohio State and Indiana out of the East. They get Notre Dame out of conference. They get Oregon State out of conference, which is no joke if you're Purdue. Um, and same thing defensively. They're going to make some big plays defensively. They're going to take risks on defense with their style of play. Um, so they're going to get some sacks. They're going to get some interceptions. They're also going to give up big plays in the process um, when they take those risks. But I think the biggest pitfall for them is going to be lack of experience on both sides of the line of scrimmage, which again will not do them well in the Big Ten West. So we're not expecting much from Purdue this year. We got to go in four and eight, two and seven in conference, and their best shot is going to be going with Plummer, uh, the more mobile option at quarterback, which will fit that style of offense a lot better. Last and least in the division, sorry at Tom Fernelli, but. The Illinois Fighting Illini, uh, a team that, hey, two years ago upset Wisconsin. So, uh, you know, my how they've fallen <laughs> since right. uh, year one. This is the only first-year head coach in the Big Ten West, Brett Bioma, first year at the program, rather. Um, but, hey, it should be really fun when Illinois' homecoming game is Wisconsin, where Brett Piemo was the coach uh, for several seasons. But uh, for Illinois, the win total for them is set at three and a half. So <laughs> Vegas isn't expecting much either. So, Daniel, thoughts on Illinois? Yeah, so they return eight starters on offense and seven on defense. Um, you know, Bielema is uh, – yeah, he's a good coach, and especially Big Ten, that's what he knows well. Uh, so I do expect him to, I think, be successful over the long haul. Um, it's going to be tough the first year just because it's tough for any first-year coach um, in what he's trying to do. But, hey, at least you're returning a starting quarterback who played well when called upon last year. I say well relative to what the other guys gave him. So um, – but three touchdowns, no picks for Brandon Peters. Um, 
he had some moments last year that he looked he looked good, but um, you know it was a tough year last year for them. Um, Chase Brown coming back at running back, 540 yards in those eight games that they played, so definitely a, a, a positive there. Isaiah Williams, the backup quarterback, was their second leading rusher, so um, you might see him r- uh, mixed in uh, some wrinkles of that. Um, but they got really two good tight ends in Daniel Parker and Luke Ford. Uh, definitely expect there to be a lot of two tight end sets on the field. Um, I think that that's probably when they're at their best because Daniel Barker is actually their leading returning receiver. Um, he had 268 yards last year in that short season, a um, couple touchdowns. So expect him to make an impact as well as Luke Ford. Um that's really all I have for them. Um, at least Owen, Owen Carney Jr., five sacks last year in the short season. So he'll be back um, at defensive end. Illinois has a decently experienced roster. Honestly, a decently experienced head coach. Um, but it, it's hard to make predictions in year, year one of a transition. Um, and it, I feel like anyone who picks a big jump in year one of a head coach, it's right. luck. Um, you're almost always safer betting on a tough first year uh, with a new head coach than you are on the other side. Now, that's not to say year two can't be different. I think the transfer portal has opened up for rebuilds to go a lot faster and smoother. But two and ten for Illinois, I don't feel great about that. I think this could be like a four and eight kind of team. Right. Um, But again, I'll – I'll take my chances with a safe bet of betting on year one being kind of tough for, for a new head coach. So. Well, two wins that we gave them, you know, or two wins that they had last year were Rutgers and uh, Nebraska. And I mean, we do expect Nebraska to be better than they were. So we'll see, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And Rutgers. So that's tough. That's tough. Um, Everybody's improving. Not everybody can, you know, not everybody can be good at once. Um, right. And so, you know, it's one of those things where someone's got to lose some games. It looks like it's probably Illinois. We will be back next week with the Pac-12 North heading out west, and then we'll do the Pac-12 South, followed by the SEC East and West. We're getting to it. We're getting to our meat. We're getting to the good stuff. So uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Deep South Daniel. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Carnes with a K. That will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See you.